This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who is on this podcast and the other person who lives in this home. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How do you think Mickey Mouse is doing right now? I think pretty well. <laughs> do you think he's just always doing well? I I think that there is a public Mickey Mouse and a private Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I think that sometimes, you know, Mickey Mouse gets into his living room, the blinds are closed, the cameras are off, there are no microphones recording, and he just needs to like sit down, put on his slippers, put his feet up and just like let out a sigh, be a little tired. I feel like, you know, his public face is always on. Yeah. And, and Do you he think he takes his shorts go. off in private? I, that's that's between Mickey and his shorts. <laughs> Do you think he unbuttons the top button at least and just goes, ah? <laughs> yeah, or has some nice like spandex ones for when he's doing yoga. <laughs> I like him doing yoga. That's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, for anybody who is just uh, tuning in to Obsessed recently, I've been trying not to ask how are you and ask something else. If you're wondering why in the world I asked how Mickey Mouse is doing. (laughs) Uh, It's also because that's what we are talking about on this episode. We recently went to Disneyland. Uh, We have been together there together four times Mm -hmm. over the the last six to seven years. (laughs) Uh, So we've been there quite recently, had a lot of fun, and it seemed like a very good thing to obsess about a little bit. So uh, do you have any caveats before we begin? I'm sure I will, but not yet. No caveats yet. This is a record-breaking episode of Obsessed. <laughs> uh, so I want to just start with the big question. Do you think of yourself uh, is obsessed with Disneyland uh, now, in the past, in the future? <laughs> in general, no, but I feel like every time we have gone, I get obsessed with it after the fact. I'm like, ooh, is this the time it sticks? Yeah, yeah. I think I've always had a, I had an unsure relationship with it and then you know not surprisingly uh loved it when we went and had a couple different kinds of visits with friends one to just really experience galaxy's edge star wars land uh in this one because we bopped around the park a lot more which we'll talk about i think i became a little bit more uh obsessed not with my experience of disneyland like every time i've gone there i've been like oh i get it and i wish i could turn around and go back tomorrow um but I think I became a little bit more obsessed with like the idea of it, the history of it. it we started watching that uh, six-part Imagineering documentary on mm-hmm. uh, on Disney Plus because I this visit I just was like I want to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I got a little bit more obsessed with the idea of it on this visit yeah. for the first time. Nice. Yeah. So, um, what to you is the charm of Disneyland? Mm. that's a great question and I don't have a great answer I mean I should I think it's a combination of things it's the you know there's a the plaque when you walk in that says something about leave you know what happened yesterday and what's happening tomorrow behind you and today you're here or something it's much better said than that but I think there is part of that it's so it's so immersive and to me not a world that I normally live in that it works and you're just like sometimes it takes me a little bit but then I'm there and I'm there I'm enjoying the rides the sights the sounds the 
attention to detail, the, you know, even if it's really crowded and I'm getting cranky because I'm behind a slow person yet again, um, and there's not a need to be slow, but then I'm just like, ah, but it's Disneyland. (laughs) And I think it just, it, it works and brings out kind of that, that lighter sense of self. Yeah. And do you think that is the, um, the, for you, is it the fact that the actual rides, the narrative of the rides are engaging or is it an element of being so fully and successfully removed from day-to-day life? I think it's both. I mean, certainly the the removal from day-to-day life, although even when it, I mean, day-to-day life, we both had things that we had to deal with that came up when we were there. I and... had to answer an email by the life-size A-wing in Galaxy's Edge, which was <laughs> a delight. Right? So like that, like, it's not like, ooh, I cannot deal with real life. Like real life came in and was like, knock, knock, you have to deal with us, even if you're at Disneyland, doesn't matter. But there's just, um, I don't, it's almost this, uh, forgive me as I just kind of blunder my way through what I'm thinking and see if it comes up with anything cohesive. <laughs> but I feel like it's like you can, f- like the feeling of people cared a lot and put a lot into this and not just like, oh, well, they tried, but like, <laughs> really put a lot of thought and energy and it's like all of that and this sounds so weird but it's like all of that energy helps bring positive energy to the experience Mm, that you can feel the love yeah which i mean i'm not usually that's not usually my approach to things but i almost feel like it's true there yeah i think that is uh part of what the charm is to me of like the sincerity which I think is a different way to say heart. Like people put their heart in it. They want it to be joyful. It's trying to be joyful. And I I think for me, my journey, which I've talked about a lot in the podcast, so I'll I'll keep it uh, short, is, you know, uh, growing up in a time where I felt like a lot of the media denied the dark truths of the world. So that made me and I think a lot of people in my generation kind of uh, cling to irony or like grim, realistic things uh, because that was realism. And as a part of that growing up, like, I really loved Looney Tunes because those characters had, like, needs and wants. <laughs> Wiley Coyote wants to eat Roadrunner. Mm. You know, Elmer Fudd is a dysfunctional pile of toxic masculinity before I even had that term to work with, but I felt it as a kid. And in contrast, what I saw growing up of Disney felt like, la, 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 everything's okay, bouncy, happy. So I had such resistance to anything that's trying to be like, put your troubles away and come to a land of sparkles. But going through that journey and seeing that 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 is it's sincere. Mm-hmm. It's not a it, 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 it just because you can't see the sort of the rough parts of life that the hope and the joy and the stories are a response to. Mm-hmm. That's still like when I go there, the sincere effort of like, put your troubles away and invest in this story, mm-hmm. invest in hope, invest in, you know, uh, uh, a, a journey toward, you know, feeling stronger. Like I, I was thinking about that on the, on the thrill rides. And then one of the people on the Imagineer documentary said it of like, I like the thrill rides because they are a little microcosm of facing fear mm-hmm. of, the part of the thrill isn't just that I, we went down real fast and my body felt weird. It's I was 
deathly afraid for one second, and then I survived and I passed through fear to joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think so much of the vibe is that is is passing through uh, fear into joy, which is, sounds sounds melodramatic. <laughs> but I mean, that's what a lot of storytelling is about. That's what a lot of thrill rides are about. And if you can kind of get past the fear, or for me, <laughs> cynicism, doubt, mm-hmm. then you can kind of explode out into this like, yeah, it is fun. Yeah. And allow yourself to feel those things instead of being a grumpy person who's like, I don't know, man, are you trying to sell me something? <laughs> Disneyland is like, yes, we are trying to sell you joy if mm-hmm. you will allow us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Joy is um, even before you started down your roller coaster of fear that ended in a land of joy. Joy was the word that was starting to come into my head too. So I feel like that is part of it. And I also I I totally hear you and and understand and about the like the cynicism and the kind of Disneyfication. But I think what I what I enjoy about going our experiences having gone to the park is it's not saying. The world is perfect. Mm-mm. Everything needs to be looked at through Mickey Mouse eyes. It's saying, for right now, while you're here, put on Mickey Mouse ears or Minnie Mouse ears or whatever ears and <laughs> experience some joy. Yeah. Because the rest of it's still waiting for you outside. Um, so it is it is a form of ex- escapism, but also where, like you said, you can also have your own experiences of um, coming up upon fear and experiencing joy. But I feel like... On the times when I'm cynical about it, it's like, ah, oh, this isn't an answer to everything. And it's, I don't, I think when I'm there, I'm like, yeah, it's not trying to be. It's trying to say, have a good day today. And here's a way to do it is to spend the day at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a huge amount of the charm for me, like you're talking about the, the details and the care that you can feel, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing that makes it feel sincere because people really worked hard to make these environments interesting make the rides interesting all of that and i just i love sinking into the narrative there are Mm -hmm. a couple of the rides where like the ride's fine i love the line (laughs) where you just uh get into the ambiance in the mood and uh like the only bit of grumpiness really that i had uh during our visit the other day was wishing that other people would get fully into the mood (laughs) it it was it was you're like they're not fully appreciating this line yeah yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say we also might need to talk about how many times we or at least i say ambiance because i know that was my word of the day that day it was it's a very good word because Mm -hmm. that is a a part of the charm because i think i also think like well it's rides good you go on the rides like yeah you could have a great day and never go on a single ride Mm -hmm. it is about the ambiance and exploration of genre and storytelling and disappearing into the world of Disneyland, but also lots of distinct specific worlds Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, What is, in order to kind of explore these themes of joy and ambiance, uh, (laughs) what is one of your favorite rides and why? Mm, Wow. Good question. Well, I have a new one of my favorite rides that we went on that I had to my knowledge, never been on before. Nice. And um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, so you're going to help me. It's the Astro Spaceship something. Oh, right. The Astro Orbiter. There we go. And not the Astro Glider, as you and I both <laughs> accidentally called it at one point and yeah. then heard it come out and say, no. No. Astro Orbiter. Orbiter. Um, which I had kind of seen before and I had thought it was like a 
kids ride that adults weren't supposed to go on if they didn't have a kid with them. <laughs> you know, like there's some rides that it's just like, ooh, you don't get it. You're not supposed to go on that, which I don't know if Disney, how many they have. But like, as I told you, like, I just want to make sure we're not going to, I mean, I know adults can go on it because adults go on it with their kids. Right. Um, but it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, no, you are like, you know, this is built for children, 50 pounds and under, and you will break this ride. Right. Or just that you vibe know? of like you're going into the McDonald's playland, you know, and you don't have any kids with you and you're just standing there as an adult and you're yeah. like, why are you here? Are yeah. you going to give any of that vibe? Right. I don't want to be a creep. Exactly. <laughs> I'm there for joy, That's not for creep. Bad ambiance. <laughs> creep ambiance is not our goal. Yeah. But I asked I was like, that looks like fun. And I see adults on it without kids. So I think we can go on it. And um, asked, and I was like, can we go on it? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had so much fun. I And I don't remember exactly what you asked. You asked about what brought joy, right? Uh, what What is one of your favorite rides and why? Yeah. So it was so much fun. We were soaring up in the air. And you and I went in one of uh, the spaceships together. So we got to have this experience together. And um, like, there's such a view from there. You get to see a bunch of the park. And it was kind of at dusk. So it was a really fun time. People were lining up, getting ready for the parade. And it was, I love Tomorrowland. And I love the idea of how different time periods picture the future. Mm-hmm. And it is such a um, specific type of imagination of the future and so i love the design of the ride as well and it just it filled me with such glee yeah yeah i really really enjoyed it because like i said we've been there uh you know four times and we've this was kind of our cleanup visit is the way i'm (laughs) going to describe it because uh we went the first time and we you know talked to a couple of different great friends who are super uh disney experts uh and we went on some of the rides that were like high priority and we didn't make it everything but you know patted ourselves on the back for going to like 12 rides in one day that first time i think Mm -hmm. something like that and then we went with friends one time and just kind of went with the flow and went wherever and then another day was entirely galaxy's edge Mm-hmm. So then I felt like, well, I've been there three times. And then I kept hearing from different people like about this ride. And like, what is that one? <laughs> How have I missed that one? I thought I, you know, so some of the rides that I wanted to go on were old favorites, but some are ones that I wanted to go on that I haven't. And some of them are maybe because they're the older or they're, yeah, adults can go on them, but they're not necessarily like thrill rides, you know, mm-hmm. in the Astral Orbiter. We have walked past a million times because there's a bunch of Star Wars stuff in Tomorrowland. So we spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in Tomorrowland. Uh, for anybody who, who is unfamiliar, you've seen pictures of it. It's the kind of uh, spire that has all these like sort of um, galactic uh, uh, the sort of heavenly bodies, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, all rotating around one another. It looks very uh, Jules Verne imagines the year 2000 totally. to me that that look of the future that is also of the past. And I just looked at that spire all the time and liked it. And it got my mind firing on stories I wanted to read or stories I wanted to write. Um, and then in combat, and then sometimes I think I just didn't even pay attention that it was ride. Mm-hmm. But then in combination with that, there's a very funny photo that I've used multiple times for promotion things for star Wars podcasts of Vader riding that rocket. And it's just oh, right. big old Vader just kind of scrunched into this tiny rocket uh, spinning around. 
you know, wishing that he could make it spin. Uh, so when you pointed out, I was like, wait, that's the Vader ride. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to go on it so much. And it does just go around in a loop. And then you, you controlled it, right? That it goes, mm-hmm. you can make it go up and down as well. Yep. Yeah, so it went in a circle. I didn't control that, but I controlled how high it went. And I thought, well, let's go all the way to the top. And that was really fun. Yeah, it really was. And it it was very nice when we got to the front of the line and the person asked, uh, you know, are you riding uh, single or are you you sharing a rocket or whatever, however they Mm -hmm. phrased it. And remember you said, can we share a rocket? And the person was like, of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) And we were squeezed in and it was great it, it was. really was great it felt like that kind of um old school charm i love to see how much disneyland has evolved in the ways it has evolved but this felt like uh i know it's not one of the original original rides it's been that tomorrowland has been updated to keep up with tomorrow uh kind of uh but it had that just sort of like i don't know it made me feel like a kid again kind of ride mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. It felt like the very nice version of a carnival. I tasted a root beer float. Like it was just <laughs> that sort of like a warm summer night. You know, it's just starting to get dark and the, you know, fun lights are coming on, you know, in the dark and you're out when you're a kid out later than you normally are and you're in this magical place and mm-hmm. it captured all of that for me. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed it also. Yeah. What would you choose? Oh, it is really, really hard. Um, I think in... Perhaps the actual ride, I'm going to say Hyperspace Mountain. Mm. Uh, I think we have only ever been there when it's been, you know, rethemed, reskinned with the Star Wars content is Hyperspace Mountain. I don't think I've ever rode actual Space Mountain. Like, mm. I know I've physically been on the same ride. But, you know, uh, that one also, we went uh, right at the end of the evening and really, really rekindled deep childhood joy part of it is that it's just a roller coaster that goes fast and there's parts where it's dark and you just have to utterly relinquish control Mm -hmm. and by relinquishing control letting go of fear you just zip through the darkness feeling joy so just the actual roller coaster part of it amazing uh and then i think they they tinkered with the the Star Wars theming a little bit. So if any if people haven't been on it, it's not a huge spoiler, but like you're kind of supposed to be in X-Wing and there's stars everywhere and, and you're in a battle against TIE fighters and Star Destroyers come in the background. So they're, they're projections. So you zip toward the ceiling and you see the, the, the stars and the, the Star Destroyer above you. But then you zip by at specific moments, images of TIE fighters coming at you. And there's one bend that was just perfect that a TIE fighter was kind of coming at you but then there was an X-Wing on the wall and our movement zipping along at a curve kind of sideways was perfectly aligned with the X-Wing as it just zipped in and blew the TIE fighter away. Mm. And it was, I think it was because it was like, it's X-Wings and TIE fighters and it's in kind of an arcade vibe. It was just like, strip everything away this is the fun fantasy of star wars and i really felt like i was the x-wing for a second in it so the actual like thrill ride of the (laughs) indoor roller coaster combined with that star wars theming that might be my favorite actual ride the thing i'm kind of obsessed with is the lines (laughs) Mm -hmm. when they work really well 
Yeah, yeah. Can I, I just want to chime in on Please how much chime. I loved Hyperspace Mountain as well. Um, and I always do. And this time, one of the things I did was I looked down, which was kind of fun. Like I looked <laughs> over the edge and it's just, it's just stars, darkness and stars everywhere. They did a great job. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite things. We got off it and I was so happy and I was kind of babbling about some of this stuff. And you're like, I looked down and it was all stars, <laughs> <laughs> which also is just a very romantic and fun thing to say. I liked the ambiance of that. Um, yes. Let's talk about lines. Yeah. So, uh, the we didn't go out on this time, but I like the Indiana Jones ride, but I almost like the line better because I like the slow immersion into this specific mood that a specific genre can bring. Mm-hmm. And that genre of that's it's the explorer, it's the old serial. There's a touch of uh, uh, cosmic, you know, uh, uh, horror Lovecraftian vibe because it is like you know, you're. He's after this forbidden eye that's going to hypnotize people, you know, uh, and you've got the old newsreels and all that sinking into that mood was great. Mm-hmm. One of the experiences that we had this time is we went on Jungle Cruise, which I understand has been revised in um, the ride itself was great. Um, th- there were a lot of puns. That part wasn't as much uh, fun for me, but waiting in line, which I know a lot of people would just be like, ugh, tedious. And some of the people in the in line certainly felt, <laughs> seemed like they weren't thrilled to be in that line. But that was also like, let's tap into that spirit of exploration and the old radio playing, uh, you know, 30s jazz. And it just let me sink into that world mm-hmm. and not just watch it passively, but kind of step closer to being inside it to being a part of it and that's the part those are the moments where like my mind starts going on stories i love and stories like hey if i ever wrote a story like this what would it be like you know what what defines this mood uh so you wanted to shout out uh not only the actual ride of hyperspace mountain but the line of jungle cruise (laughs) (laughs) as being one of my favorite experiences Mm mm-hmm that's fantastic. Yeah. And then I think one of the other experiences that I wanted to be sure to share and move on to our next question is we were lucky to uh, ride the Rise of Resistance, Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because for people who still haven't been able to get on it, I feel yeah. like there are some moments that are more powerful to just experience. It's amazing. But the thing that I am really appreciative of, we did the new system that they have where you just basically physically throw money at your phone. Sign up for Genie Plus, sign up for Lightning Lane. Uh, and we were able to get on it in the morning uh, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And the ride was amazing. And then later in the evening, we saw on our app that the wait line wasn't uh, very long. It was like 40 minutes. And it's normally 75, 90 minutes for Rise of the Resistance. And you and I were both like, let's do it again. And we had to wait in the line. Mm-hmm. And the that ride is directly connected to a novel called Black Spire Outpost that is about how all of the uh, resistance fighters struggled mightily to establish that base. And you're weaving through the base that they built. And I, having read that novel, I know everything that those characters went through to make that. And it was amazing that how much, again, waiting in the line made the ride even better. Mm-hmm. And I entirely agree that 
That was my favorite ride line experience this time mm-hmm. was the line for Rise of, Resist- Rise of the Resistance. I enjoyed getting in quickly mm-hmm. also, but the um, getting that chance to see everything that they put in. I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, talk about ambiance. Like you're right there in the story and there's so much ambiance and so much that's setting up your experience of the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it and yeah. I'm so happy that we had that experience of standing in line. Yeah. And that, I think that's the thing is like, of course, I'd always, I would be happy if the line was shorter and you still got the experience, but didn't have to stand in line as, as long. That's great. Mm-hmm. But to just really feel the lines, not as, oh boy, we're, we are, we are tap dancing to keep people entertained mm-hmm. desperately before they get on the ride. It's not that it's that the line is a part of the ride. It is the buildup yeah the tension and the sinking into the world mm-hmm. yeah uh so what is your favorite non-ride thing to do at disneyland mm. yeah gosh um you know and i'm just gonna so i do have a caveat okay after all ha i knew one would come so i'm just going with like the things that jump to my mind right now rather yeah. than favorite so um i would say uh a thing that we did this time that we haven't done before is we were there as the park closed and we stopped at whatever the bakery is on Main Street by mm-hmm. that central circle and um, got a cookie and um, split a grilled cheese sandwich and just watched like, like the park was already pretty empty. I think it was already that the rides were closed mm-hmm. unless you're on a ride, but the the shops on main street was still open and just that feeling of watching Disneyland kind of wind down, Mm -hmm. but it was still magical. Yeah. And that was, I'm so happy we did that. That is one of my favorite experiences from this trip. It was really great. I was going to say probably there, there's shopping. Um, I, I like going to places where, you know, there's unique things to buy, especially in, in our, uh, more modern world of you know if you travel you're probably going to encounter targets that have the same merch mm-hmm. um and uh ordering things off the internet which it's, it's still a joy and we're lucky to be able to do it and all those things but it's not the same so going to a place that look, we had fun looking at the pins right and i know for a lot of people that's a big collectible thing mm-hmm. they're like oh is there something that they have this time or you know uh with the galaxy's edge you know in uh doc onder's shop there's a bunch of things that you can't get elsewhere so that that part of it uh, i will be uh, honest i am a little capitalist <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes i like to express my love of things through capitalism but the people watching i always love the people watching one of my favorite things to do at disneyland is watch for couples wearing the han and leia shirts of the i love you i know and see if they are ever aligned so the shirts work Hmm. <laughs> sometimes you just see a guy alone in a bathroom with a t-shirt that says i know <laughs> a lot of times uh, there's they're not standing in the right order it's like i know i love you <laughs> <laughs> so that's a fun thing but it's just really i don't know i i feel like he, it is fun to see the full spectrum of people that are there and even have that imagination of like well like some people like you you kind of took a traded taking photos for somebody and they had their birthday pin mm-hmm. and they were there with what like 15 friends mm-hmm. and like that that was a joyful moment but then like there were a bunch of 
I think like graduating senior groups, Definitely, you know, and those groups are kind of fun to watch and see the vibe and see how much like, uh, I rec, I both entirely recognize that vibe from when I was a senior in high school. And also some things are very, very different. Um, watching different families together and you seeing people with like a million pins so that you know, they're a hardcore Disney person. Mm-hmm. The people watching is uh, like, is perhaps the greatest ride of all. <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts on on non-ride things? Mm. Um, We saw a little bit of the electric parade. Yeah. Which was also quite fun. We kind of stood toward the back. So we saw the tops of the parade floats going by, which was fine. At least for me, that was all I wanted. Um, But it was was really fun. And it was fun to just kind of have that moment of coming together um, while being also a little bit further apart because we don't feel like being right in the center of a giant crowd. Yep. Um, and then also worked out really well because that's when we got to duck out and go and get in that shorter line for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, and I ate a churro, which is the first time I had a churro, <laughs> and it was uh, or the first time I had a churro at Disneyland, and it was great. It was delicious. Uh, two thumbs up on the churro. Uh, if you could add a new land to Disneyland, what genre or uh, kind of uh, theme would you go with for the land? Mm. I would love to see like an underwater world. Ooh, really? Yeah. Yeah? What kind of stuff would happen there? Would you just be immersed underwater the whole time? Would you need to like pay extra for scuba gear? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want to have to scuba. That seems like a liability that's even a bit much for (laughs) for Disney. But like if like if you came and went like... um, Like maybe you're still on land, but you see the water behind. Like there's like the you know, Lost City of Atlantis experience or ride. Like what would a a roller coaster that goes underwater, like not you getting wet, but like the tunnel goes underwater. What would that be like? Or, you know, as more things are getting um, tied to actual properties, you know, like what is the Aquaman ride? Uh, (laughs) You know, or also I just feel like there'd be so many different things that could be really interesting with that. Yeah. Yeah. So would it would it be so water makes sense as as a park. What do you think is for, for fun and in in exploration that what do you think is like the theme? Like because you have like frontier land, which is about the energy of exploration. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have fantasy land, which is all really about the kind of storytelling mm-hmm. um, in Tomorrowland of this attempt to visit the future. You know, what is Waterland about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you've got adv- Adventureland already, so this would be Underwater Adventureland. <laughs> Maybe. Damp Adventure. It would be, um, this is 75% of the planet we live on, so let's pay attention to it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. That sounded very snarky, which I actually don't mean as. It's just what came into my head first. I don't have, um... I don't have a good good answer, but I feel like I kind of feel like underwater adventure, underwater exploration, yeah, um, is kind of where my brain was going. Yeah, like what's that combination of of fantasy, of realism? You know, like is there a big drop ride that's like the you know Mariana Trench <laughs> ride <laughs> that you just go way down and it's really like what's the darkness? thrill ride that's underwater yeah like unknown land right like yeah. undiscovered country land Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, i i love that 
mean, it, it, we're going to go really, really deep into what could possibly be down in the trench. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, what my, do you want? Well, they'll, they will never do it uh, for obvious reasons, and they probably shouldn't. But I think when I so enjoy sinking into the various moods, in, including like uh, we went on Big Thunder Railroad Mountain and it made me want to rewatch Deadwood. Not the intent, but it <laughs> it had that mood. So the thing I would like, I was thinking of what other genres do I like? Because uh, so many of those early lands are kind of tied to a kind of storytelling mm. as well as, you know, an idea attached to that storytelling. You could say it's science fiction, fantasy, right? Uh, exploration. Um, so I would want uh, noir land. <laughs> they would never do it. But, you know, you could go on a ride where, you know, you're trying to hire a private detective, but then there's a shootout. <laughs> uh, you could try to uh, sign up. The, the, there's the signing up for life insurance uh, ride uh, that you, then you get betrayed in the middle of the ride. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you enter buildings that are entirely black and white and it's lit. So you're black and white. So you feel like everything's black and white. Ooh. And it's smoky and neon yeah does it always rain yeah the Norland. <laughs> yep just a little light mist yep and an animatronic of uh of philip marlowe monologuing at all times <laughs> <laughs> i think just pitch it i'm yep. sure it's what they're already working on i'm sure that is that's the thing that what do the kids like these days? Noir, noir, noir. That's all they'll ever talk <laughs> about. They're, where's our Sam Spade ride? That's what the kids are always saying these days. Uh, so we jumped around uh, from, you know, land to land. Uh, we jumped over to the California Adventures. We spent some time in uh, Black Spire, Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars land. We visited the Marvel campus. And for a while, we were absorbed into that great MCU mood and world. What was the effect for you to jump through so many different ambiances? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I enjoyed it. I was kind of torn as we were starting the day out of like, okay, do we, we went on Rise of the Resistance, do we stay with something else Star Wars themed or do we jump right away and like go on, you know, the Peter Pan ride or like just totally jump between um, between worlds, I kind of liked, I mean, so we have done before the thorough immersion, as you mentioned, like, mm -hmm. which is fun, um, for Galaxy's Edge. I kind of enjoyed the, the jumping back and forth, but I think it's part of where, what you were talking about earlier with the line and that time to kind of reacclimate. Mm -hmm. Um, not that I always need to spend all of my time in lines. Don't get me wrong. And some of the lines are more interesting than others. Yes. But, um, I feel like the, the, it does having that time in line does help you acclimate into the world of that ride, but also the world of that world mm -hmm. that you're in. And so with that time, I kind of enjoyed it. It was I felt like it was very like just kind of pushing at the edges of your brain's imagination and creativity and like elasticity. Yeah. Yeah. I think at first I wasn't sure what to make of it because I think I'm just feeling this in real life. I like so many different things. That sometimes I'm like, okay, I just saw a Mar Marvel movie. Now I just like to watch Marvel things for a couple days. Or definitely have times where I'm in the Star Wars zone. Or we watch a couple episodes of one of the new Star Trek shows. Like, oh, I'm in the Star Trek moon. I just want to stay there. I haven't I haven't rewatched Twin Peaks in several years. Because like, I need to carve away time to just 
be in the Twin Peaks mood. And I think it's a natural thing, too, with just how fast our lives are, uh, everybody's, and how much things are coming at us, and, like, the feeling of of uh, scrolling through social media. And there's a funny thing. Then there's a, this is an incredibly important political thing. Then there's a, oh, that kind of, I feel bad for my friend and wish I could help them out. And then, oh, you know, you go all over the map. Mm-hmm. Flick, flick, flick. And it's just, you're flicking through emotions. And I think I'm really craving and needing the, I sink into one idea and I stay there. And I've been feeling that way about my writing too, of too many different projects. And just like, I want to sink into that project and live there. So as we were going through the day, I was a little like, hmm, how do I feel about this? But I think after we finished the day, it made me appreciate the intent of having all of these different lands and stories. Like, I think I kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we went on Indiana Jones. I guess it was in, you know, Adventureland or whatever, you know, and I guess this other one we went to, like, I didn't pay as much attention to the lands mm-hmm. and thinking about the intent of that. And that made me appreciate this interesting evolution where when Disneyland starts, it obviously has, obviously has their own branding of their own characters, uh, but was a little bit more about genre because that's what was popular then. Mm-hmm. But now it's a little bit more about franchise because that's what's popular now because franchises are their own genres onto themselves. And jumping back and forth made me appreciate and think about all those things. So I ended up enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the Incredicoaster too, which was one that I I just wanted to go. I, I was bummed that we didn't go on that roller coaster before it was themed with the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And then that one was such a great thrill ride yeah. so fast. And I hadn't been on, a you know, fast drop you from a very high place roller coaster in a long time and then amuse that like it's moving so fast you barely feel the theming it's just there's cool music and somebody's yelling jack mm-hmm. <laughs> and that could happen on any roller coaster it could be <laughs> cool music and someone could be yelling jack mm-hmm. uh so i ended up ultimately uh enjoying jumping back and forth how do you think walt disney might feel about the addition of the stuff that isn't genre but is indeed you know uh franchises onto themselves star wars marvel pixar all that yeah yeah i mean honestly it's something that i was on my mind even when we were there of just like oh this is i wonder how you know whether walt disney or some of the original people but yeah walt disney uh since he was the original person uh, would feel about this and was f- in the moment i kind of felt like ooh, i, I wonder if this would feel so as I say it out loud, I need to laugh at myself. I wonder if this would feel like kind of a commercialization, <laughs> you know, of the commercialization of Disney. Oh, Sarah. The nonprofit that Walt Disney started <laughs> in the 1950s. Exactly. Um, but then it was very interesting watching the Imagineer documentary, which, you know, all documentaries have, you know, a perspective. But with the words that they, the interviews and the words of Walt Disney and kind of the idea of things moving forward and looking at, you know, kind of what is coming and what is changing and kind of that idea that that it's always changing, mm-hmm. that change is, and updating it is built into the DNA of the theme park. Then I was like, oh, well, and now as I say out loud about the commercialization, I feel like, yeah, no, this is makes a lot of sense that this would be the right progression. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me that that was really great to watch this documentary and see that, that Walt Disney was very aware of the need for the space to evolve. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's a thing about like how one of the first changes they made to Disneyland at all was revamping Tomorrowland yeah. because it was getting outdated too fast 
Yeah, like three years after it opened or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got to go more into the future with that. So I think that uh, I'm really liking in everything in this Imagineering documentary how much they're talking about that balance of the new and the old and like what are the core principles. And if you have a set of core principles and one of them is evolve, adapt, <laughs> how do you balance that with the other core principles? That made me feel like, yeah, you know, this is the way our world is evolving. Some there should to me be still room for genres, right? There mm-hmm. should still be room to be like a fan of like, I'm a rom-com fan. You're a fan of a genre mm-hmm. and you want to watch many different ideas within that genre and many different stories. And you'd be happy to go to rom-com land mm-hmm. <laughs> and go yeah. on those rides. And I think we should still have room for that, but it's just a, 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 an honest way that entertainment and storytelling have evolved that different worlds have been created in Star Wars and Marvel in particular because of their popularity, uh, but also because of their aesthetic, uh, have this really immersive quality that matches with all of the original park to me. Mm-hmm. Like if the if you were going to pass through a castle and everywhere you look, there's storybook fantasy and you can go on a Peter Pan ride and you know, on and on and feel like you're just living inside a, a, a land from a storybook. You're in a fantasy land. Literally, it's called fantasy land. Mm-hmm. That's really not that different than imagine you are at this remote trading outpost in a galaxy far, far away. And some of it's entirely alien and some of it's entirely familiar. It's just like it it feels uh, very, very related. It feels like an evolution. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my other favorite experiences uh, going there was uh, we went to the Marvel Land and went on the Spidey Web Slinger ride. (laughs) Uh, Got some uh, photos taken. Um, And you uh, were uh, remembering correctly that there was uh, vegan shawarma. Is that what it was at the? I don't remember if it was vegan or vegetarian. Vegetarian. But anyway, we got shawarma. And the shawarma stand was like the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. because yeah it's the yeah the avengers had shawarma so hey well shawarma but the actual shawarma stand had all of these newspaper cutouts that really made it part of the narrative of talking about how this shawarma place became famous because the avengers ate there after the battle of new york and then when the avengers kind of messed up in sokovia the the shawarma place raised funds and then it was so successful that they started a new branch in Southern California. <laughs> and it, was, it was those little details that connect you to the narrative mm-hmm. that took that next step to kind of making you feel like, oh, this is a chance to kind of imagine I'm literally living in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. Uh, so we did also go over to uh, California Adventure. Uh, and we have learned a little bit more about the history of that, that it started out is trying to emulate like, hey, you're going to have all the adventures you'd have in California, but here in this park. And it's obviously evolved as well. And a bunch of things are rebranded to uh, Pixar and Marvel and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But what actual experience from California should there be uh, a ride of? <laughs> wow. Um mm. I mean, well, my first thought, I'll just put it out there so I can come up with a better answer, was um, the traffic ride. (laughs) And would that be navigating traffic? It's just that you get in a car and then you're just stuck. Okay. (laughs) 
So, here, well, here, maybe this is the way to do it is instead of standing in line, mm-hmm. when you get into line, like the line is everybody's in like a little car type thing and you're in bumper to bumper traffic in the line mm-hmm. as you're moving around because that's realistic. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The lines, in, yeah, nice. <laughs> like, but then when you get to the ride, like the ride itself is some like, you know, like open highway through, I mean, I think they actually had a ride of that, like but through like beautiful scenery or like it's, it's highway one and you're going along Big Sur and you've got these steep cliffs, but you're not going to fall because um, there's not going to be a landslide this year. Like there has been, I don't know, three of the last four years <laughs> um, because it's a ride because it's Disney because you get to that edge of fear, but then you have joy because you made it. Yeah. Um, and the, the landslide didn't hit you and you get those experiences. Um, and maybe that would be a good, like, you get to have both the frustration of traffic, but you do that as the line so that then you can truly enjoy the open road. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I like that a lot. I think I have a, a similar, I have, uh, <laughs> I have the idea that you'd be, uh, there'd be a ride that is the Jacaranda tree. Uh, I have become obsessed with the Jacaranda. <laughs> I've talked about it in the podcast before. It's, uh, big, beautiful trees that... Uh, just uh, spout uh, purple beauty and then drop it all over the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's my vision. Yeah. So you it would be like just kind of a, a fun urban neighborhood, you know, with lots of the different architecture that is very beautiful in Los Angeles. Uh, and then you kind of climb up the tree and then you sit in little pods that are these beautiful purple. Uh, but then the Santa Ana winds come. <laughs> and make everything bonkers and they and then you get blown right off the tree and you go flying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like you are the jacaranda blossom. You are the jacaranda blossom and you're getting blown. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Love it's either it. that or um it's a ride where you encounter a bear and you just try to leave it alone. And the ride's called Leave the Bear Alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh so in California Adventure, uh you can have uh, a drink. Um over in Disneyland, you can, which there's never been any drinks before, you can have the drink in Ogus Cantina in uh, in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. But it, over in California Adventure, it, there there are a lot of people just wandering around with the drinks. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, experimental uh, Pim Marvel MCU Pim drink mm-hmm. of gin, beer, and lemonade. It was very experimental. Um, <laughs> so, do you like being able to have a drink at the theme park? Is that uh, um, is that something that to you enhances that feeling of, uh, I, I don't know, does, does it pair nicely for you? Mm. You know, I'll be honest, it doesn't make a big difference to mm-hmm. me. Um, I did not have a drink. I had some nice water. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. <laughs> that was what I wanted. Um, in my water bottle that they have refilling stations for all over the place, which actually is one of my favorite things is mm. how many refilling stations there are so that people can just keep refilling their water bottles. Yeah. That it's not, you know, like we're going to sell you plastic water bottles and not let you refill. But there's like, here, refill, bring your own and refill it. Yeah. And we'll sell you one if you didn't buy, if you didn't bring one. Um, so to me, it's not, it, it actually doesn't matter that much mm-hmm. um i mean certainly when we went to galaxy's Ed and went went to um the cantina that was a great part of that experience of yeah. being at the cantina to be able to have a drink um and i think um 
you know, I'm, it's not like, it shouldn't be there. I'm not opposed to it, but it doesn't, didn't make a big difference to me. Yeah. I think for me, there's just a little bit of that, uh, feeling of, uh, I was so happy to connect to youthful joy of carnivals when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And there is something for me about the, like, but this is also for adults. And as long as nobody's wandering around, you know, utterly smashed, you know, behaving poorly, there is a little bit of it. It connects to the adventure of being an adult <laughs> uh, and the, like that, that experimental, you know, PIM thing that came in a glass that looks like a test tube, like that stuff mm-hmm. is a different kind of immersion. Totally. Uh, so I enjoy that. Uh, I wanted to get your general take on that. If they if if they said tomorrow we've changed it, there's not any alcohol here anymore. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world to me. It's not the whole experience, mm-hmm. uh, but I do enjoy it uh, in moderation. But that said, if you could take a drink, uh, including a zero proof drink, on any ride, what ride would you like to be able to have a drink in your hand on the ride? Ooh, wow. Wow, that is such a good question. All of my first instincts were wrong. Um, not wrong. I'm just going to... My first one was like Star Tours. No. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, my second one was Indiana Jones. No, I'm going to say the Jungle Cruise. Ooh, this is a bad idea, but it would be really fun. That Astro Orbiter one. Yeah. Because the feeling of like, whatever it is, maybe it has a little, you know, a top on it so you yeah. don't spill. But the like... I'm gliding in a rocket ship while sipping on a beverage. Yeah. Zero proof, high, not too high proof because you're going in a circle. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, coffee, tea, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think actually I would choose that one. Yeah. Like a, a martini in a space age glass would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Jungle Cruise too because it is really like <laughs> set up as like you're slowly going through the water. Uh there, there's some monkeys and i would like to cheers the monkeys mm-hmm. <laughs> that though would be like a really uh uh you know not high quality whiskey i would like a just bottom the barrel harsh whiskey right where like some swamp water gets into it and <laughs> yeah. that's just part of the experience exactly yeah. exactly look the elephants might you know blow some water in your whiskey deal with it it's mm-hmm. part of the cocktail uh so we were there very late uh, after official park closing. We were still there and nobody kicked us out. It was clearly like just slowly letting people get out mm-hmm. on their own steam at their own time. Um, if you could, and I'm not saying we should, but if you could stay at Disneyland overnight, <laughs> would you? No. <laughs> I, that, I paused because I was tempted. Um, and... And I think they do do a pretty good job of, you know, moving people along. We just left before Main Street closed. But, um, I mean, there's part of it, of course, that's very tempting. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I wonder if that would take away from the the magic of it, you know? And I kind of want to keep the magic. I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, when you're there and there's still a little bit of light and sound and the castle's, you know, still lit up. Maybe the castle's always lit up. I don't know. Um but there's a like, ooh, we could stay here and it, we'd have the park all to ourselves and be Disney after dark. And uh, and I know they do actual events like that. But there's that vibe like you're getting away with something. Mm-hmm. But then I think once everybody's gone and all the rides are shut down and just be like, oh, 
<laughs> what a bummer. Right? Yeah. When, yeah. When are, when's everybody coming back? Yeah. So we can, you know, have fun again. Yeah. How am I still the only one at this party? Yeah. I think for me, when I think about it that way, it, it reminds me of like going to um, conventions, kind of smaller conventions, uh, sci-fi, fantasy genre conventions that like swarm into a hotel that other other than all the stuff that's brought in by the people is just kind of a boring beige hotel. But then it gets plastered with posters and weird inflatable <laughs> dinosaurs and everybody in costume and it's loud and fun and party. And then you stay there long enough on the final day and everything is stripped away and it has, you know, done this, you know, anti Brigadoon transformation back into just a beige <laughs> hotel. I think it would give me that feeling of like, I think I'm getting something really exciting, but it's just like, all the noise and the lights are gone. Mm-hmm. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I want that sincere ambiance back. Yeah. Yeah. So any other uh, final thoughts on Disneyland? If you don't eat meat and you're looking for food, check out that shawarma stand. That's all I'm going to say. It was so amazing. It was really, I'm glad you enjoyed your uh, meat free. Uh, my meat full was also very, very good. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so we'll move on to the noise to sum up. Can you make a noise to sum up your interest in Disneyland? Whee! <laughs> uh, I think that's a very good noise. Uh, I realized I was making high-pitched noises uh, on one of the roller coasters, and then I decided, <laughs> like, well, what would it be if I tried to make a low-pitch scream? Uh-huh. And, I, and it was very fun. Yeah. It was very fun to try. Yeah. Can I share one other? Sorry, I totally oh, forgot about this, but I just remembered. And this this is giving away no spoilers. It happened on the Rise of the Resistance ride, mm-hmm. but it, not anything about it. But we were, um, there was a kid in front of us, oh. fairly young, who was clearly like maybe first day at an amusement park, like was learning how rides worked. And uh, at one point just started screaming because there was the feeling of like, I'm supposed to be screaming because I'm on a ride and and it was adults around and it was just like it was the best thing to just watch a kid kind of trying to figure out like okay how do I do a ride and so excited and I just had to share that amazing energy of learning how to do a ride yeah he he put his arms up and just started screaming right yeah, yeah. and the screams were kind of uh, in sync with what might generate a scream, but it felt a little bit more like just, ha, 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 I'm screaming. Yeah. Like it felt <laughs> like maybe he had just been on a roller coaster and was like, oh, this is what we do. And so even when it wasn't <laughs> the thing that there was a need or reason to do, it was just like, ha, ha, with my hands up, ha, ha. I wanna, it was yeah. so great. I want to go on like the Winnie the Pooh ride with that kid that's not, <laughs> something that's not supposed to be scary at our Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I guess there are scary parts of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll go back to Winnie the Pooh and just, ah, ah, the entire time. Right. Be amazing. So great. Absolutely amazing. Those are some great noises uh, to sum up <laughs> Disneyland. Uh, let's do our obsessed ratings on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Where do you at? You know, I'd say right now I'm at an 8. Mm-hmm. And I suspect I will glide back down to like a 6.5 or 7. Yeah, I think I'm in the same place. I like an 8 because I'm having a lot of fun thinking about it as we're recording this. I'm going uh, back down to Anaheim for a Star Wars celebration. I'm not going to Disneyland, but going back into that sort of that world, that mm-hmm. mood. Uh, certainly Star Wars Celebration, that convention will be an immersion into a world. Um, so yeah, I think uh, this visit really unlocked something for me to make me 
uh, really interested in the history of it. And it's, it's almost one of those things of like, hey, if I had an actual choose your own adventure life and mm-hmm. I could have a bunch of different lives, I'd be like, well, what would it be to just become a hardcore Disney person? Start going nuts with the pins, get the annual pass, go there once a week. What would that be like? Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by it, uh, but I don't think I'll ever uh, totally be that person. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm, gonna, I'm a sliding eight <laughs> as well. <laughs> I like it. Move on to our plug-in section. Where can you be found? I can be found sometimes on Twitter at Sarah. <laughs> Just being honest, at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Well, I would also like this social media ride of can you find Sarah? <laughs> it's a fun little game. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot uh, pretty much all the time. And you can also follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and stuff like that. You can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. And you can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, you ready for the final questions? I am. What is the calmest sound in the world to you? Oh, ocean waves. Oh, yeah. Like on like gentle ocean waves on a beach, not like not storm like and storm. Crashing. Yeah. But gentle. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. If you could get any one food by snapping your fingers, but it was the same food every time, what would you pick? Fresh blueberries. <laughs> Please make this happen. I am so excited. Okay. I was thinking it maybe was going to be a veggie shawarma, but no, it's... It's oh. fresh blueberries. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very, very good choice. Final question, as always, is what is happiness? Mm. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say that happiness is. I'm going to. I'm going to tie back to what you talked about at the beginning. It's getting to the edge of fear, and then finding joy. It's letting go of what's going on behind you, and in front of you, and being in the moment. And finding the joy of the moment and contentment in that place. And just screaming to express it. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So in California Adventure... There is the actual Hollywood, uh, you know, street that we walked down, which we've never really gone down and experienced before. And they have a sign that is the intersection of Hollywood and Sunset, which is an impossible intersection. It cannot exist because of the way the uh, streets are actually laid out in Los Angeles. Do you find that wonderful and magical? Or are you like, that's not right. It cannot be. So... I find it, so I have a long answer, sorry. <laughs> I find it wonderful and magical, except I just remembered as you were asking the question, they actually do meet oh, because they curve. Right. If you go, Like they don't meet where people think of like Hollywood proper. Not the way the sign is where it's totally a right angle. It's not yeah. a right angle, but they verge into each other right by the Vista Theater, I believe. But That's true. Yeah. Very, very good point. So, so I feel like it's deep cut Los Angeles. It's deep cut Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's it's catching out people like me. <laughs> and me the damn is like, no way. I think it's I, you're <laughs> totally right that they merge together, they merge. but it's more like they pass in the night. Yeah. Not like I think it's the I think for me it's fascinating cuz it's it's the fantasy of Hollywood it because it's the the streets you hear of. So, of course, it's got to be that intersection, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. The merge <laughs> is in Noirland. 
<laughs> but the intersection only exists at Disneyland. And it is possible in the absolute depths of the Marianas Trench that Hollywood and Sunset <laughs> do just totally cross one another at right angles, right? Absolutely. We'll find out. <laughs>